Be warned that once you pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hey guys, Greg here. Last year at 49, I made the decision along with my physician and my family to go on TRT. I was lacking energy compared to where I used to be. I was not recovering the way I used to, wanted to, and needed to in order to maintain the lifestyle I live. I was also stressed, anxiety-ridden, and frustrated. And it wasn't about my lifts in the gym or aesthetically the way I looked or even about sexual performance. It really was all about energy, energy to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them with who I want to do them with for as long as I want to do them the way that I want to do them. It's about waking up with energy and going to bed tired, the good kind. And I had lost a lot of that. And I had carefully been tracking my progress throughout the past couple of years. And after researching various options, providers, and services available, I went with Hone Health, and I started to feel like myself again. It's about being the best husband, father, and provider I can be for as long as I can be. And I simply wanted to have my energy, acuity, focus, smile, and health back to where it was and where I expect it to be. I believe in what Hone is doing every day, what they've done for me, and what they can do for other midlife males to help them live better, stronger, healthier, and happier lives. If you're interested in learning more about Hone Health, go to honehealth.com forward slash midlife mail to order your at-home test and consultation and save $15. All right, here we go. Greg Scheinman with you. It is another week. It is another episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. You know how we do it here each and every week. The mission to help men maximize middle age, live healthier, happier, longer, stronger, wealthier, and certainly have more fun. This week, I am extremely excited because Dr. Jed Ballard is joining me on the show. Uh, I always like to tell you guys also how these episodes come to be, um, how I find guests on the show. Mostly at this point, after 200 plus episodes, they're really referrals from other guests. After we have our conversations, we know one another, and they say, hey, you should talk to to so-and-so out there. And that's really kind of how building a network and how like-minded guys kind of connect and add value. Or somebody has listened to an episode and we have a mutual connection or a friend in in common and they reach out about wanting to come on. Or sometimes I notice that maybe they've subscribed or that they're following or that they've seen something I've done. And I reach out to them and say, hey, we have a mutual friend in common. Do you want to come on? In this case, it was our mutual friend, 
Joel Thor Neeb. That's his call sign uh, from the from the Air Force. He's also an American Ninja Warrior, cancer survivor, incredible human being, speaker, athlete. Um, so thank you, Thor, for the intro and the connection. Now, Dr. Jed, let's get into this. Uh, Dr. Jed scored in the top 2% of his national emergency medical exam. He is a doctor, an ER doctor down in Atlanta. He is a former U.S. Army Ranger. I guess once a Ranger, always a Ranger. Honors graduate in the Army's Airborne and Special Forces Dive Medical Tech team. Outside of medicine, he is clearly passionate about service and fitness and has done humanitarian work on four different continents. And he teaches clinical ultrasound courses to physicians in Panama and Peru. He's involved domestically with the Boys and Girls Club, the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Organization, Denver Children's Hospital Burn Camp. Back in 2016, not too long ago, and we talk about where he is right now, but he was featured on the cover of Men's Health Magazine as their ultimate guy. And he's made national TV appearances on the Today Show, the Doctor's TV Show, and even The Bachelorette. He's been featured all over the media. Uh, Yahoo News, U.S. News World Reports, been on the cover of multiple fitness magazines. Um, And he really is just a down-to-earth, real, practical guy who is now in his 40s, Working as an ER doctor, we went through the six Fs of family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun, and he's got an incredibly grounded, humble perspective in all of these areas, particularly liked our part about talking about the slow morning, and you can listen in for that, Um, and what he's really doing now to not only maximize middle age, but plan for his future. So let's get into it this week. Dr. Jed Ballard on the Midwife Mail podcast. Dr. Jed Ballard, what's up, man? Welcome. What's up, Greg? Thanks for having me. Honored, man. Well, this is really cool. We were talking just before we hit the uh, hit the record button that it was our mutual buddy, uh, Thor, Joel Thor Neeb, that we got yeah, in contact dude. through Super Super Guy. And I love how those things always come, come full circle. So... Mm-hmm. Great, great to see you from one good guy to another. Welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So it's great to have you here, as I was saying, and been looking forward to talking to you for a while. Background now, like a lot of super amazing, like cool stuff. I'm diving right in with like Army Ranger, ER Doc, Men's Health Cover, ultimate guy, American Ninja Warrior, Bachelorette. And here we are, I'm going to say 41 years old. Yeah, it's, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Just to start off, like, like, how does it feel when you hear all those things? I looked at your Instagram and we're following each other, which looks like a, a lot of fun. Like doing all of those things, incredible, impressive life resume, like different like at Ford, like I just like for a guy like you, like I didn't do shit. Like, you know, like, I don't have like, <laughs> I don't know list of accolades on there. And like 40, like, eh, and then 50, like, eh. I'm like reading like your bio. I'm going, holy shit. Like, look at this guy. Does 40 hit differently? You know? 
Yeah, so it's Ford is kind of interesting that I've just recently started to think more about legacy tech stuff. Um, my life's been incredibly blessed. Uh, you kind of touched on it, but the two minute spiel, you know, um, a lot of the stuff people don't know is when I was younger, elementary school, I lived in a barn. I didn't get shot till I was 20. I was born in a house, no medical care. Um, you know, the closest doctor around was 52 miles at my high school. I uh, started in community college, took the MCAT without studying to see if I was smart enough to be a doctor because I didn't know any doctors. All this stuff that just kind of worked. And again, my story, my life's just kind of blessed and things worked out for me. But all along these ways, I was just focused on the step in front of me. So I was just all in on the step that was happening and trying to have fun in the moment. So even though med school residency, you know, you're putting in those 80 hour weeks, um, I was still around good people and having fun with the process. Uh, now, you know, I finally kind of got to a point where as far as those things where I got to fight through and prove myself, essentially, you know, army special operations, I wanted to see if I was tough enough once I'd gone to white collar, uh, getting into med school, you know, I wanted to see if I was smart enough, things like that. Now I've kind of hit a good point in my career where, you know, I teach at the med school, I work shifts in the ER, I'm pretty comfortable in those roles. Um, I'm really starting to think a little more about legacy type stuff. Mm. You know, I'm 41 now. Um, I'm still planning on being here for a while, but it's, I'm aware it's not indefinite. And I don't know why at 20, 30, 35, it just doesn't cross your mind as it being a definitive type thing. But it's now I'm a little more cognizant of that. And as such, trying to decide, you know, spending a little more time journaling, whatnot, trying to decide what is really important to me on how I want to leave my mark on this world. You know, what do I want to do with the actual finite time I have left? Um, what manner do I want to live? You know, am I is good, happy, a nice job enough? Or is there something, you know, I need to change course a little bit, take bigger risks, you know, see kind of what's out there. So that's, that's the phase of life I'm in right now, but it's, you know, like I say, my life's blessed and that's a good one. <laughs> so. so now I'm, I'm, Super curious with with your upbringing and your background that, that you described. Mm -hmm. Were you always kind of confident and, and and secure in the regards to like let me get out there like and, and see what's possible? You know, like again, doctor, ranger, American ninja warrior, like like these are big shots to take. You know, as you said, like let me see. You know, if I'm good enough or I'm smart enough. Like, did you have this kind of like inherent confidence and drive? Like, where you're were your parents like stay in the barn or no, like go forward and become a doctor? I'm just like curious, like where it came from. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. Um, me and my older brother, uh, he wound up Marine Force Recon um, doing some pretty incredible stuff with the State Department, running billion dollar budgets, things like that. Um, me and him both had a really incredible childhood, you know, literally running around the forest with pet wolves, like not an exaggeration, but both of us were also very aware we didn't want our parents' adulthood. So as much fun as it is to be a kid kind of scrapping, running around the forest, you know, you get a little older and you're cogs into the fact that financial stress is definitely stress. Um, so both of us just kind of ensured to take action to not let that be a possibility. Um, and then as far as the rest of it, we got really lucky in that to be real, other than adulting, our parents were amazing at everything else. <laughs> so really good parents, no quips about them. They were very good about giving us a lot of personal freedom and kind of 
helping us with some risk tolerance that just allowed us to go out and chase what we wanted. Um, my dad used to kick me and my uh, older brother out of bed at three in the morning before elementary school to go steal wood off the forestry land because the truck was broke during the summer and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we'd be carrying wood chunks in the middle of the night. Um, and I'm sure that contributed to the both of us making it into special ops on the first try. <laughs> you know, I have zero doubt about that, you know. So it's just, like I said, I have this incredibly blessed childhood where I got the freedom to go out and try stuff, um, support, love, education, um, but also, also I was able to see kind of the consequence of not setting down discipline habits and conforming enough to society to get to live a life you want, essentially. Mm. What order did it go in? Like, did you go, does it go, you know, army first and then Kala and then medic? Like what, yeah, no, what mine was the trajectory? Was, mine was a little bit unique in that. Um, I kind of used college a little bit to see the world. So started community college in Montana, always worked three jobs all through college, basically moved down to LA to do personal training, but LA was kind of busy and fake. So wound up bouncing to Hawaii, uh, got off the plane with a backpack and a duffel bag, started walking, was homeless for a little bit in Hawaii, um, lived out of the back of my truck for six months between college and med school, kind of all this other thing, but I didn't sign up for the army until medical school. So I was a second year med student, uh, signed up hoping to get into special ops, knowing really nothing about it, basically because my brother, you know, it kind of paved the way there a little bit. Um, and then things just kind of worked out. I took the army scholarship and then during residency, I got a shot at Ranger Battalion is what happened. Um, Again, out of a little bit of luck and blessing, the two guys they tried before me didn't make it through Ranger assessment and selection. Because for Ranger Battalion, the, you're not specialist doctor. The answer is always you're a fucking Ranger, right? So it doesn't matter what your job is. You got to do the same stuff. Same physical requirements, same airborne requirements, same shooting requirements. Um, so if you can't cut it, it doesn't matter how good of a doctor you are. You got to be both. So that's kind of how I got a shot as two guys flunked out. And then, uh, then I got to go. <laughs> so. And how long were you in? Yeah. So just five years total. Um, and it was a, it was a really neat experience and what I got to do with the army because some people it's a life, um, other people it's a chapter for me, it was definitely a chapter. It was something, um, multifactorial one, the country has been very good to me and I wanted to give back in a sense that was kind of unique to my skills. Um, two, it was just this unique life chapter that a lot of people don't get to live. But if you talk to an 80 year old patient, you know, they'll tell you about their wife, maybe a college sporting experience. They'll wrap up 40 years of work in a sentence. But if they were in the military, they're always going to tell you about that, too. So there's something powerful about this life chapter. Um, so that's what kind of got me into tryout. And then, like I say, it just worked out with the five years in three of it was doing my ER training. And then the two years coming back, it was just right out the gun. I mean, it was airborne school training up with Ranger Bat, Afghanistan. Ranger school, Korean border and out. So it was, um, you know, I wasn't home much during my time in, but it was a kind of a whirlwind experience, essentially. Mm. Is there, if there is like, is there a highlight moment, you know, in five years and on the opposite side, like a little, like, like this is real, you know, like you go in like, like the training, the qualification, like the accomplishment of becoming a Ranger, all of that. Mm. Sure. Yeah. But we're also talking like, this is life or death. Like this is a real commitment. Once we get through the adrenaline and even mm -hmm. you know, the fun or the challenge of, oh, this is just like carrying wood at three o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> not to simplify, you know, yeah. this, you know, 
carrying something else with people shooting at us maybe, or jumping out of planes. Sure. But once we get past that, like it's real service. It's real mm-hmm. like, you know, life, life and death. And I've, I've never served. So I don't profess to know anything other than right. saying thank you, you know, for your service. But I'm curious, as you said, some are lifers and, and for some, it's a chapter, you know, mm-hmm. the high and low point maybe of the chapter. And did you go in knowing that it would only be a chapter? I went in with a relatively open mind, but you know, kind of a, if you would have had me just answer yes, no, do you think you'll be in short-term or life? I would have definitely answered short-term um, because, you know, I kind of came into it a little bit later. I'd already gone through a lot of civilian school. I like that academic, academic setting. And, you know, I put a lot of work into being a civilian doctor, essentially. And I kind of, it's just a different experience. Being a military doctor is great and being a civilian doctor is great as well. Um, but they are, they are different experiences, you know, and the, I work in the emergency room in an army hospital, you're never going to have a 60 year old on dialysis that came in with chest pain after smoking crack because, and they're HIV positive, you know, cause they've got eliminated from the military in like five of the reasons they're there. So they're, it's different medicine, um, in mm-hmm. the U S anyway. Uh, so yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of thought it would be a chapter type thing. And as far as highs and lows, there's just something And I think most guys that have served will say this, but it's really the guys, you know, there's just kind of dumb shit stories when you're in the suck with guys that uh, there's a bonding that suffering causes. And that's, I think, one of the reasons CrossFit gyms do so well is that bonding due to suffering, um, you know, and that's anything that's hard to achieve. If you've got people around you that you can bond with, you'll do much, much better. I mean, humans are drastically better at going through stuff together. So like that's where it comes. Is there, when you say, if I would have asked you or anyone would have asked you, Hey, is it a life thing? Or is it a, is a, is it a chapter thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you may know the answer to that going in. Is that an answer? Like, did you disclose, you just talk about, you know, going through the suck together and being part of a team or being part of all of this. Like, you kind of like, are you looked at or are guys looked at differently by the lifers or the chapter guys? No, um, I don't think so. And I think, you know, like I say, I would have just you can't answer that very confidently without having been there. So, you know, like I said, if I would have got pinned down and had to say, pick one or the other, that's what I would have done. But honestly, you know, you're going in being like, I don't know how long I'll be in, you know, I'm going to go and, you know, kind of see how I like it. See if it feels like where I should be. I make most of my big choices by kind of gut feel. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? There's logic that factors in and everything, but end of the day, it's, you know, that's kind of how I make the decision. So uh, so yeah, I don't think it's too much of a, too much of a difference. You know, guys want you to be on point while you're there. And I think that's anything you sign up for as a man or as anybody, you know, if you sign up to do a job, be good at it, be focused, be present, but you don't owe anyone your whole life. You know, if you tell them you're going to be there for eight hours, work your ass off for that eight hours, but it's okay to go there. You know, mm-hmm. if you're working eight hours, you don't owe them your email or your time when you're home essentially. It's kind of how I look at stuff. So be yeah. great while you're there and then your life's yours. I think that's a, it's a really good point. If it is a, it is a carryover, you know, other areas, I think as we, as it pertains to, to a lot of guys, especially, you know, in middle age, they tend to, I talk about this a lot, kind of over-index or maybe sometimes even give too much, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the career or the sign. And they don't have that separation. Like, here's what I owe you. Like I owe you a good, hard, you know, eight hours. Mm-hmm. Not 12, not six. Like then when I go home, you know, whether I'm exercising or with my family or I'm, I'm doing other, like 
to create some harmony, you know, there, there right. too. Um, mm-hmm. And that's actually, it's, it's a good point as you're making it kind of leads me into some of the past and stuff that I get asked about a lot. I think it's part of that, like, you know, quit your job or follow your passion, you know, thing, or mm-hmm. again, a, a lifer or a chapter, you know, in sure. there too, where, you know, may not be the most responsible thing to do to quit your job and follow your path right now. It may be very responsible for you <laughs> to put in your good hard eight hours. Okay. Right. Do your job, collect the check, go home, you know, mm-hmm. and use the proceeds of it to advance the rest of your life or balance the rest of your life and get there too. And then at the right time, maybe that chapter, you know, comes to an end. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, yeah. that's a good, it's a good point you make about what you give it when you're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be forever also. Right. And that's, you know, that's anything. It's, you know, what you're giving your work while you're there and what you're giving your outside work activities. It's really about being present and focus. And that's kind of um, attention is becoming one of the most valuable commodities, you know, in the world. That's why when you're flipping through and if I mention, hey, I like this backpack to you on the call, I'm probably going to get freaking Instagram ads about (laughs) backpacks. You know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. uh, people are going for our attention and you just got to be there. And I completely agree with you there's this, there's this very romantic thing about, Hey, I'm going to work my ass off and, you know, I'll retire at 55. Turns out just having a shit ton of time without purpose isn't good for anyone, you know? Um, so you got to really be cogs of that or, Hey, life's short. I'm going to quit my job and go paint like cool. Painting's good, but it turns out time's only fun. If you have money, <laughs> you know, very <laughs> few people enjoy time without money. A couple do. And I kind of respect them. It's not my life, but you know, if you're, if you're worried about money, the time's not as fun. So um, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. You got to make those choices responsibly. Greg Scheiman here. We are going to be talking about Bub's Naturals. Why? Because Bub's Naturals makes the absolute best coffee I have ever had. I literally bury my nose into the bag every morning before I grind the beans and I use my pour over to make the absolute best coffee. And what else do I do? I throw a couple of scoops of the Bub's Naturals collagen peptides in there. And here's what I love about Bub's. Their collagen peptides don't get all clumpy and powdery and ruin the coffee. They actually dissolve beautifully. They're unflavored and they give me everything I need in a collagen peptide product, grass-fed, pasture-raised, support for my joints, hair, skin, nails, gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free, GMO-free, corn-free. They are perfect. I add a scoop of their MCT oil powder as well and boom, I am set every single morning. Guys, check out Bub's Naturals. I am serious about this. It is the best lineup of products I have ever used, and I use them every single morning. Bubsnaturals.com, promo code MidlifeMail, 20% off. Check it out. So you finish your chapter, and you're a civilian doctor, and you're an yep. ER doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Walk me through that also transition and why, you know, what drew you to, to the ER? No, I mean, you could, you could practice any type of, of medicine. And I would think also coming from the military and the action of, do you just crave, you know, that kind of action and that kind of shift? Yeah. Yeah, There's so being an ER doc is definitely not for everyone because your highs are pretty high, your lows are pretty low and you're kind of a microchasm of society. Like when shit's going down in America, you're frontline of it. So it's going to be, it's going to happen there first. Um, And there's really good things about it, really bad things about it. Um, With me, 
the couple of things I really liked about emergency medicine is I'm good at delayed gratification for a goal, but I like to fix shit in front of me at work. You know, like I don't get a whole lot of joy about adjusting Mildred's blood pressure and seeing her in two months and seeing what happened. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just not like, it's not as satisfying to me as asthma exacerbation comes in and they're 30 minutes from being dead if I don't intervene. And then I fix it and they walk out. It's a lot, you know, it's very satisfying Mm -hmm. to have that. Uh, I also really like the skill set of if the zombies attack, I'm going to get let in and get fed. Um, A retinal surgeon is useless if he doesn't have his expensive equipment and whatnot. He's awesome when he has it, but you know, if shit goes down, he's just not useful anymore. Um, so having that skill sets opened up some really cool doors. I got to work a Chinese adventure cruise to Antarctica and just go on the trip for free, you know, just be the ship doctor. Um, I've worked a few billionaires yachts, just kind of these random things where I can step out of the hospital a little bit, still be getting paid, but be semi-vacationing, kind of a change as it goes to rest. Mm. Um, and ER is just where I fit. Is part of that, that which is amazing, um, are part of some of these opportunities, they, I guess the combination of your, obviously your credentials as a ranger and as an ER doctor, but then there's this other side of you that is like really forward facing, like media, you know, and TV, like, <laughs> you know, again, you've, you've become like the men's health ultimate guy. And I want to find out, did you apply for that? Did somebody just anonymously like put you up? Sure. That? And then, I, and, and these other, op- like, you know, does the billionaire want you on the yacht? Because it's like, okay, this is a really interesting 360 story. You know, you don't get a lot of ranger, men's health cover, you know, guys, ER docs, ninja warriors, like bring this guy on the yacht. He can save my life, you know, and he can repel down the side of the yacht. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. And honestly, that crossover is what did it because when you're doing, you know, really when you're working for very important people type thing, um, the medical section is kind of under the security section. So if you've got something like prior ranger in your background, most of the security guys have somewhat of a similar background. So they understand, even if your only role is doctor, you can still integrate into that team. You understand kind of some stuff. Some docs don't quite get that on important missions or bigger missions, you're not really in charge. You're a advisor to the commander or who's ever in charge. So, you know, hey, sir, da, 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 this is what I think. But ultimately it's not like, oh, we need to go back. He needs a heart cath. It's kind of like, oh, I think we should. This is the best medical advice. And then other people get to make the decision. And with me, I'm kind of, you got to go into roles like that, understanding that's the case. And I have no problem with it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't bother me at all. It's kind of fun to be part of the team. You know, you function in your little peg to the best of your ability and that, and understand that that's your peg. Like, you know, none of the active security guys want shooting advice from the doctor. You know, you, you do your role. <laughs> like, Again, a little interesting though, because you could probably give really good shooting advice, you know. Also, which <laughs> well, was I mean, I got stacked. trained in the military and everything, but still, you know, that's for them to get their roles. They also went through quite a bit of training and stuff, and um, so so yeah, you just like I say, kind of kind of know your role, stay fun, stay humble, and uh, mm-hmm. do your job, and it works out. So, how did the men's health ultimate uh, guide? How did that come to be? <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, just a really cool, really cool opportunity. Um, there's these little things in life that a lot of time we don't recognize as being big opportunities, um, but just kind of putting in the work and applying that way overused quote of you miss all the shots you don't take. Mm. You know, you got to take shots if you want to make baskets. And that was one of those things I didn't really expect at all to be a life changer. But uh, I was just reading Men's Health. I like the magazine. 
Uh, I couldn't sleep because my shifts are all over the place. Sometimes that's part of it. But I was just reading it about two in the morning and I saw the ad for the contest and it wasn't just a fitness thing. Because I mean, if I can, you know, you walk down the street in Santa Monica and you're average-ish, you know what I mean? It's just like how it is. But it took into account life achievement and humanitarian work. Um, and I've done, that's something I've done quite a bit of. I've done it on four different continents. So I was like, hey, you know, I've actually got everything they're kind of looking for here. And did the application, three pictures, five questions, and just kind of kept on making it through the cuts until once I was getting to the final stages, I was working at a children's burn camp outside of Denver up in Estes Park. And, um, you know, I remember like, oh shit, this is coming. So I was doing push-ups with kids on my back and uh, eating chicken nuggets, you know, before, <laughs> before I got flown out to New York for the photo shoot that, uh, you know, I'll just kind of worked out. And I remember um, giving my mountain clothes away as kind of like a, okay, new chapter and stopping in Denver on the way to the airport to get more city clothes. So I could go compete for this, you know, compete for this contest in New York. And uh, yeah, it was a cool, very cool experience. We didn't know who won until we were live on the Today Show a couple months later, because they did a cover story for each of us. And um, wow. And how does life change from that moment? Yeah. Um, you know, at the time I was on no social media. Um, I was fairly recently out of the army and a lot of guys in special operations wind up getting kicked out for something really stupid. They take a picture and there's a helicopter in the corner on the background, this classified bump. So I was just not on social media. It was easier. Um, so one of the men's health photographer actually set up an Instagram account for me, you know? And, uh, so then that's kind of progressed and done that. Uh, the other stuff like getting called up for the bachelorette, you know, not all the opportunities are great ones or ones you necessarily should jump in on, but it's still, <laughs> still pretty interesting. Um, even up to like some really dumb shit. Uh, some of my secretaries and stuff used to get like long letters from random people that, you know, I'd never met before and didn't have my address. So they tracked down my work address. One was even a fucking box with white powder. (laughs) Yeah. Just, it was like a love letter with like a, like a hee hee anthrax threat. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Probably not responding. (laughs) So, so yeah, it was just kind of, you know, just kind of weird, uh, weird, unique, but it has also opened up some really cool opportunities. Like I got to go to Europe to be on the cover of Men's Health Germany. I brought my little brother with me, you know, so just had a great time in Europe, uh, some things like that. And it's opened the door to be a little more effective in community service type stuff I was already doing. Um, when I go talk to the Boys and Girls Club, for example, um, you know, it's a little bit more powerful platform. Uh, if you can show the kids you're on a magazine cover, for example. So. Mm-hmm. So you go through this experience again. So now you, you kind of, you go kind of probably you got head down, go to work, Ranger, head down, go to work, you know, medical school, ER, mm-hmm. you know, shifts. And then you've got the forward facing, you know, public side, you get the different, you know, you get a little, little bit of the, you know, the fame, if you will, and notoriety sure. with, with everything else. Um, yeah. Family-wise, you know, you talked about coming from the barn, you know, and and going through all of this. And I'm looking, relationship, you know, goals. Is it hard to meet, you know, hard to, you know, be single or thinking about kids or thinking about like, what are you thinking about, you know, having been all of these things, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, You know, family stuff has been, like I say, me and me and my brother didn't want my parents' adulthood, but absolutely love them. They're great parents. So one of my biggest adult achievements was being able to kind of, I'll try and condense a long story, but basically 
back finishing up high school, we were all hand stacking this massive log cabin, 5,000 square feet on 10 acres in Montana. Um, for originally my grandparents who wound up nine, and then it was my parents, family ran out of money. So it was just sitting there stagnant, three quarters done. Uh, me and my older brother took over the payments. Then he kind of dipped out after divorce. Um, anyway, after becoming a full-on doctor in 2016, I was able to hire my best friend to finish it who would help, you know, I was beating nails with him at 19, but then he went on to be a builder. I wanted to be a doctor. So then he finished it. So now my parents are in this, you know, gorgeous 5,000 square foot home in Montana on 10 acres that, you know, mm. they don't have to pay rent during retirement for. So, um, so that was kind of my big life achievement, you know, and it's like, I'm a good guy, not a great guy. It's still a very smart financial investment for me. Um, but it, it does feel good to just know they're in a place they like. Um, mm. So that nice. was, that was kind of a fun adult accomplishment. And then otherwise, like I said, I'm just, I've been kind of chasing personal accomplishment pretty hard through most of my adulthood while, while having a lot of fun and, um, you know, having some very close, you know, some kind of near marriage situations and whatnot. Um, and then it's just now that I'm really realizing the importance of legacy. You know, I see people like you and Thor crushing it in life and being great dads. Um, which is very impressive because I understand that to be something that takes a lot of time and it's definitely time is absolutely a factor in achievement. So um, like I say, kudos to you guys that are crushing life while raising quality kids. Like that's, that's impressive. And that's a legacy situation that has kind of very recently been coming to mind as far as, Hey, this may be one of the most important investments I'm making. You know, when I'm 60, 70, most guys joy their primary joy seems to be from their kids just from my personal observations mm, you know uh, certainly appreciating you know, i think also from a perspective standpoint again like that you know i always say also it's so important to to take your time you know i i believe that look our best days are still ahead of us no matter what stage of life we're at especially mm -hmm. kind of midlife which is i consider the sweet spots okay i also feel like this is the major area where more people actually need to take more time in the right time. Like go, you know, do your service, find yourself, try different things, whatever they may be, you know? All, and then you arrive at this place and when it's the right time for the right reasons with the right people, then it's really the right obvious decision, you know, to sure. make. I do sure. think we're seeing, you know, a lot like, and I, and I see this, I think far too often, you have people that have followed maybe more of, of me it used to be even more of the traditional path is, you know, we're going to go to school and then I'm going to get married and then I'm going to have children and I'm going to work my way up this corporate, you know, ladder or whatever it may be. And they find themselves very unsatisfied, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe, and that's where we have, you know, a lot of divorce. And then you, so you've married the wrong person or you have children with the wrong person. And none of those things are a great thing, you know, necessarily. <laughs> sure. So I'm, I'm an advocate, you know, of, of, hey, take all the time you need to really try to improve your odds of actually getting it right. Because we have this opportunity now, I think also to live better and longer and happier and healthier and wealthier, mm -hmm. well into our 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, 70s. So what's sure. the rush to like crank out kids at 22 or 23, like maybe our parents did or 25 or 26, you know, we know a little bit more, you know, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, now if it works for you, great, do it that way. But you were talking earlier, like, even as we get to this phase about changing kind of even just or shifting, like even how you work now or approaching like your shifts, like you mm -hmm. used to do overnight, like back to, and I, I'm, I'm curious how you are kind of, you know, pivoting a little bit or adapting 
your life, your schedule now, again, at 41, you know, to how I used to do it to how I do it now and how that's playing into like all aspects of life. Maybe that leaves more time, you know, for, for dinner, you know, or, or dating. Maybe I used to work out at 6am and that was fine. I could roll right into the ER after, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, uh, always just, always just curious, like, how guys continue to do the things they want to do, like as we notice changes, you know, in kind of like how we recover, how we respond, how much sleep we need, but I still want to get all this stuff done. How do you make it fit? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the most important part is honestly listening to your body. So listening to your body and then also kind of listening to your mental energy. You know, you can get to a point where you're, and you're physically, it's not like you're sore or anything like that, but you can just kind of feel mentally exhausted. So you just need to take a little bit of an inventory. Stress is both good and bad, but there's kind of a total load of stress we can handle. So first off, get rid of the dumb shit. So that means leaving for work, you know, three minutes early versus two minutes late. And that can turn your 15 minute drive or however you got into this kind of peaceful, reflective time versus this stressful trying to like get in front of two more vehicles so there's just all these little stresses in life that we we kind of create on our own by being in a hurry that really aren't necessary. Most of the time we're in a hurry, it's because we're doing, we're trying really hard to carry out other people's goals. We're very rarely in a hurry chasing our own goals. Um, and that's one of my favorite books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. And he would call those kind of, you seem like someone that would have read it if I was guessing, but <laughs> seems in your category. You know, those kind of level two tasks where you're, you know, they're important, but they're not urgent. And what happens in at least American society hardcore is we tend to get just totally caught up in the urgent and generally speaking, unimportant, at least to us, you know, they might be important to someone else, but they're not really personally important. So it's, it's kind of finding that balance of using your yeses wisely. And then a a line I really like is do less comma better. So that's being focused, being present, being all in and what you decide to do, but you don't have to do everything, you know, do the things that are authentically you, but you don't have to say yes to everything. Um, And that really, really matters. Like you were talking about your travel schedule, how, you know, you just got back from three amazing weeks, but, you know, maybe if one part of that was split off to a different trip, it might've been a little better. And that's that whole, you know, when the plate's too full, the meal is bland. And it can be great food, but once you're full, it doesn't taste good anymore. You know, that's kind of. So, so true. So keeping that and in mind, are you, you know, are you strict with your, with your calendar? You know, like you talked about journaling a little bit, like how do you run your day? Like here I am on, on your schedule. You're gracious enough to give me your time. How do I get on there? You know, he's like, how's your Sure. So one of the things I really like about the ER is I don't have any sort of set schedule. I get a monthly schedule. Um, so I can see the monthly schedule. I can see when my shifts are. And then I'm old school. I use just like a, you know, one of these guys. <laughs> I really, you know, grow up in Montana. Big I guest like, calendar, like, period. Like I've got one on my wall in the gym. You know, I use both old school as well as like, you know, my iCal, but I need an actual calendar to see it in front of me too. <laughs> Nice. Nice. So yeah, that's, you know, that's big having it written out. And then once I get my calendar sketched out, I'll take a picture of it so I can still reference it from my phone wherever I'm at. Um, Super important. The other thing that's very important for me is a morning routine. Uh, With me having at least an hour and a half before I have to leave the house for an obligation 
winds up even more important than getting enough sleep as far as just making my day set right. Everyone's kind of got their own thing in that, but I just love, I really like a slow morning. What my morning routine will entail is I always do Bible reading. I do a little bit of prayer followed by right now, four minutes of breathing just because <laughs> I wanted 10 and I realized my attention span's not that long. So we're starting at four <laughs> um, and that, that I'm able to handle. Um, then from there, it's coming into the Bible reading and journaling. Uh, and then that'll be followed by, uh, I'll shower up and I always finish the shower cold. Um, seems to have some reasonable longevity research on that. And it does help wake you up. Um, big fan of coffee in the morning. I generally don't like to eat till about 9 a.m. Um, that can vary a little bit, you know, because again, my schedule shift all over with day shifts, evening shifts, overnight shifts. But, um, you know, as a generality, I kind of like to try to eat within about a 12 hour window, that nine to nine, um, just from kind of a, a bit of a health standpoint there. Uh, and that and that just works for me. And it's really nice to take the stress of breakfast out of your morning routine. You know, if you got to be somewhere at seven or whatnot, um, it's really nice to not have to get up earlier like I used to in med school and stuff to make sure, you know, I made three eggs real quick and scraffed down some oatmeal and all that. So, you know, it's just a time creator. All right. It is time to talk about the Kineon Move Plus red light therapy device. I have been looking for a solution to help me recover faster and reduce joint pain. At 50, I have osteoarthritis, I've had three knee surgeries, and a dislocated hip. I'll take all the help I can get. And since using the Move Plus, I've noticed significant improvements in my mobility and overall well-being. I simply feel better and move better. I'd highly recommend this product to any middle-aged man or anyone in general who is looking to take their health and wellness to the next level. Head on over to Kineon, K-I-N-E-O-N dot I-O forward slash midlife mail. Use the code midlife mail and you're going to save 10% on your Kineon Move Plus. Check it out. So what actually, I love this, um, the, the notion of a slow morning, especially because again, there's so much there's a lot of noise out there. We know that. And people sure. can do things a lot, a lot of different ways. But I love the alternative that success, again, looks like success is going to look like a lot of different things. But I love an alternative to this hustle and grind and that you've got to be up at four and like winning the day and have your workout done. And this 19 step morning routine that seems incredibly daunting and draining. And if you miss a step, like you've started your day, which means you're off on the road, like you're already sure. behind, you know? Let me just, yep. I love this notion of, of like a simplistic in a way. You know? mm -hmm. And I think, look, simple is hard. I say it all the time. And doing simple well is like really hard. And doing less yeah. better is extremely hard, you know, mm -hmm. you know, in there. But I love this notion that you can have a slow morning mm -hmm. and still be very successful you know? yeah. overall. It's about what works, you know, for you. And you've probably tested and retested this over time. No, I, I have to. And it's, you know, it's really about prioritization. Like I've realized that slow morning is something that I need to kind of focus at the focus and just act at the level I want to. I like my me time a lot. So, you know, I need to protect that. And for me, again, that's a little more important than even getting adequate sleep sometimes and things like that. Um, but you got to kind of figure out what works for you, you know, what works for you on that. And that's one of the things I really like about 
having that ranger background is there's some times where life just gets tough, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there was a week of ranger school where I got eight hours total of sleep um, in that seven day period. And uh, so I can always look back and be like, all right, you're fucking fine. What? <laughs> you only got six hours of sleep tonight. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> you know? Let me, do you, with that in mind, like, I'm just coming off a few days where like, all, and where all we heard, all we were talking about was sleep, 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 sleep. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're going to do anything for recovery or anything, for, it's all about, you know, it's all about sleep. Pick that. Sure. That's the one, the one thing in there. Do you aim for a certain number? Like, yeah. Can you survive? Yes. Can you thrive? Yes. You've proven that, you know, anybody who's mm-hmm. gone through, whether it's residency, ranger, like everything, can you do it? Yeah. But now like, do you aim for a certain amount of sleep? Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. And that's one of those changes that we're kind of talking about, like coming into my forties, I'm actually a lot more cognizant of the importance of recovery. So it's something I like to keep as like a, you know, special thing in the back of my mind of like, okay, you're fucking capable. Like you can do this, but I actually do very much shoot for that seven and a half hour to eight hour range. And I kind of think in sleep cycles, like around an hour, an hour and a half sleep cycle. So I try to kind of stack those you know, before an overnight shift, do I have time to do an hour and a half nap or do I have time to do a three hour nap? Something like that. Um, if I only got six hours of sleep the night before, like cool function, do your thing. But do I have time to, you know, pocket out an hour and a half nap and get me back to that kind of um, level of sleep that I think is optimal? Some days you do, some days you don't, but it is something I'm very conscious of. And spent a lot of years looking at sleep as a bit of a weakness um, and an annoyance. And now my, my whole mindset has shifted with that to, again, the importance of recovery and just feeling good while you're up. Yep. I think it's so true that, that it gets to a tipping point. Like we're taught, you know, 24 seven sleep when we're dead, hustle and grind, do all these things. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of realize, Oh, it gets to a point where, wait a minute, like, let me, let me reframe this. That may not be the only way to actually really, to really win. That's not sustainable per se. Let me, let me shift that. We were talking a little bit earlier also about, you know, the shifting, even on the, on the fitness side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know when, when you train, but also that you've kind of, you talked about kind of your, you know, kind of the niche of more like more functional you know, in a way, like what's more, more interesting. We talked about white space before we got, you know, like between being unhealthy and being, you know, the ranger, the American ninja warrior, the things sure. that you've been, but there's a level of health, mm-hmm. you know, health and prosperity, you know, and all of these things in life that is also not elite level athleticism, you know, and PR right. in the gym all the mm-hmm. time. Um, walk, walk me through kind of, you know, how you're seeing that, you know, right now, because you've been at, look, you've been at the highest level, you're passing these tests. It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's kind of times I'm, I'm definitely not against pushing your body hard for a specific purpose. You know, you decide that you need to run a marathon as kind of part of your stamp on the world, you know, cool. Take those four months or whatever and go hard for your one event. But as far as your overriding life thing, you should focus more on the health and let the fitness follow on. It's, it's better to be 100% healthy and 80% fit than the other way around, essentially. Um, so once you're getting to kind of that like pristine movie star stage athlete look, you know, a lot of those bodybuilders, if you went and did a physical anything with them, worked out with them, push-ups, hiked the mountain, you know, when they're stage ready, they're going to crump like, I mean, 12-year-olds will beat them. 
you know, they're barely alive. They got a smile on their face, but they're so dehydrated. So everything. And that's even the, you know, not just the ones on drugs and whatever else. I mean, natural athletes too. Um, you know, so, but those same guys, when they go from 3% body fat to 8% body fat, a lot of them are incredibly fit, healthy, happy individuals, you know, so it's just kind of getting to that natural set point and comfort level where you're at, where you're fit enough to like yourself with your shirt off. You know, you need to like your looks enough that you're not embarrassed about it and just enjoy your presence. You should work hard enough to enjoy your presence um, and then be healthy with that. And often that's really not all that much work if you do it smart. Um, You know, a lot of people, I say commonly, people that haven't worked out at all, they're like, okay, I'm going to start P90X. And you're like, you're an idiot. (laughs) You know, you need to be starting P15X because your body's not ready for that. Do P15X and then next week do P20X and then P25X, you know, kind of, you got to build up to it if you've been off it for a while. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree with that. It's like, look, that zero to hundred is going to blow the engine and that hundred mm-hmm. to zero is going to fry the brakes, you know, overnight. You know? Yeah, yeah. There is, there is a process to that. And I like the, the distinction that you make about also being, being healthy and being happy with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like this stage ready, you know, mentality yeah. or this week. It's not, again, it's not sustainable to be in competition level shape you know, 365, you yeah. know, days, days a year, performance suffers, anxieties, stress again, goes up all of these other things that are not, you would not yeah. define them as, as healthy. Hmm? No, absolutely. Absolutely. To, uh, to that the, Go on. other side of that is some guys will in the quest to gain muscle, you know, they'll basically kind of diet pretty hard, get looking good and then just completely be bulk phase. And then they're super sloppy and fried chicken, all this other stuff, you know? So as far as the health standpoint goes, maintaining a pretty good level of fitness, just not a peak level. You want to just hang out kind of right below your peak. And you're going to be able to maintain that for a long time for years of health and happiness. That's way better than doing that yo-yo in to your peak. Um, totally. You, you were talking about your window, how, you know, look, life's a lot easier for you as you, you know, don't have to worry about breakfast until a certain your window of kind of almost like, like eating do you count anything? Do you track anything? Or do you know yourself again? Look, if you're not dialing it in for the stage, you know, and we're not making sure I have, you know, the six and eight power, whatever else, like mm-hmm. there's a different way you can approach even, even your nutrition too. How do you, sure. how do you do it? Yep. And everyone, you know, everyone's a little bit different. Some people do struggle a little more genetically to be at a body they enjoy. But for me, I really consider it an eating disorder. If you eat a bag of Doritos and then you don't sleep that night because you're so guilty, you know what I mean? That there's the, there's the big ones, the anorexia, the bulimia, but a lot of people, most of the fitness world has these low level eating disorders where they're actually like stressed out trying to make a food choice. And that's not a good spot to be in. You don't want to be in that. Um, with me, fruits and vegetables are always amazing for you. So as far as like living long and looking good, fruits and veggies are incredible. Eat all you want. Some people get stupid about, well, a carrot's got a lot of sugar. It's also got a lot of fiber and you got to eat a freaking huge salad bowl of them to get the carbs you'd get from a small bowl of pasta. So Mm -hmm. um, don't stress on that. Uh, And then I, I don't track my protein as far as grams, but I have kind of a, what it would wind out. I probably eat about a gram per pound of body weight. Um, So all my meals are pretty balanced as far as protein, carb, fat, all the fruits and vegetables possible. And um, then I don't, my schedule shifts a lot, but I generally try to eat those within about a 12 hour window. Um, mm. So it's with me, I've got a lot of flexibility and I just make generally healthy food choices. 
but I'm not restrictive at all. You know, I'll definitely drink more whiskey than I should on a night, you know, and that's just kind of part of life, but I'm not doing it every night. Every night, it's going to be a problem. You give yourself enough time to recover from your mistakes, vices, enjoyances, you do fine. What's your take on supplements? Mm-hmm. Um, so supplements, I go pretty simple on for the most part. Um, you know, I am sponsored by Isopure, so <laughs> take that for whatever. But uh, what I like, what I'm currently using and have been using for a while is just regular whey protein powder. And I use that as food. So it's not like I need to get a number of scoops per day. It's especially traveling. It can be kind of hard to find good protein sources sometimes. So I'll use it a little more then. But, you know, if I just ate a chicken breast dinner or a salmon salad or three or four eggs, there's zero reason to add protein to that meal. You know what I mean? So I use it as a food source is how I use that. And then I do like creatine every day. I think it adds just a little kick of little kick of muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, collagen. I'm a fan of, uh, I just started using that because I sip had it essentially. And, um, but I think it's got reasonable, reasonable research behind it for kind of long-term helping out joint, um, joint health there. So that's, that's really what I'm using from a supplement standpoint. It's not real, uh, caffeine if you want to count it, but I do that in the form of black coffee. So I, I, no, I appreciate and similar, you know, look, I hydrate every morning, you know, for me and hearing this and I, you know, hydrate every morning with my water, you know, I do use my athletic greens in there, but I'm like, you know, I'm which a, I think are great coffee guy. I've gotten into collagen, you know, and mm-hmm. collagen peptides, you know, as, as well. Um, I agree with you. Just try to keep it simple and clean, you know, 80, 20, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. alcohol has kind of worked its way, you know, really out of my routine more so because I just don't recover well, not because I don't like it or I've declared myself <laughs> sure. you know, sober. I just don't recover the way that I used to. And something has got to, got to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't track or count anything um, either. Um, I do want to ask you like testosterone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get asked about this a lot. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's seems to be, there's a TRT clinic, like on every corner, it seems to be yeah. super easy, you know, and everything to get, I think it's become, it's obviously a, it's a big thing. Um, guys are looking to either jump on this or think about it, you know, it's maybe too early or, or too whatever. What's, what's your take on, on TRT? Sure. So it's something I've never tried. So I'm always, you know, a little bit slower to speak powerfully on something I've never personally used, but, um, the, the problem with it is especially how hormones work in our body. They're all on feedback mechanisms. So if you're taking anything exogenous, you're shutting down your natural production. Um, so that's, you know, that's fine. The sources are pretty good as long as you're continuing to get your source. But if you ever kind of get to a point where you don't have access to that source, uh, maybe a law changes, maybe you're decide that you need to kind of eat, pray, love it for a year and just take, you know, go find yourself. You know, if you ever get to a situation where you don't have access to your source, uh, you're probably going to be a little bit hard up because you've definitely repressed your body's natural production of it. Um, so I am a big fan of doing living in a manner that tries to bolster your testosterone as much as possible. And that's lifting weights, hit workouts, not overdoing cardio. Like you mentioned the sleep, and then eating a good variety of healthy whole foods. You know, anything where you're opening a package to get to a plastic wrapper is probably not up in your tea, but good natural foods. I'm definitely for, you know, grass-fed meat, just good sources. Eat normal food, but eat good sources of it. Uh, So I'm huge on up in the natural. Um, The TRT is something, again, I haven't dabbled in much. I would recommend 
against using it early. I used to have dudes in Ranger Battalion that were 25, max the PT test, veins popping out everywhere. And they're like, sir, can I get my testosterone tested? I think I'm low. And I'm like, bro, not giving you roids. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> not good for your long-term health. Um, but, you know, somewhere around that 35 to 45 range, it varies a little person to person, you know, our natural production of testosterone does tend to go down a little bit. So gauging that and seeing how you're feeling, you know, some people definitely are living a less full life because they're not at a testosterone level. that's probably optimal for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't, from what I kind of feel, see in the mirror, all that, I don't think I'm in that category right now. So I haven't dabbled with it, but if I got to a point where I kind of felt like I was doing the lifestyle stuff, right. And I just wasn't recovering. I was a little more flabby than I should be with eating relatively clean. You know, I might have to get to a point where I cut back the alcohol at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. then I would probably consider it. Um, it just hasn't happened to me yet. Understood. No, and I, and I appreciate it because I do, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's something that should be very carefully weighed Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, and I do agree with you. And I talk about this a lot, wait as long as you can, like anything that is a supplement, you know, should be, I think by definition, supplement something that you're not, you're not getting, or you don't have, or that you really need. And I think there's a, there's a big rush, you know, and I work with supplement companies and, and like you and have all these guys on everything too. There's a great use for them and a need for them. If you are deficient in something or you're not getting something or you're traveling or in a pinch or whatever else it may be. But I also think that we don't want to swing that pendulum and look for, you know, look for shortcuts and look for ways to just kind of like take things because they're easy or they're there when we could get them through training, nutrition, sleep, a lot of the stuff that you talked about, you know, in, in there. So just, just be careful and be cognizant and make educated, educated Mm -hmm. decisions and listen to your doctor. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Cause one of the downsides to it is we really don't have, you know, we have a lot of guys that have had great 10 year results say, you know, they started it when they were 42 and they're 52 and they're feeling great and loving life. Um, what we don't have at this point is the guy that started at 42 and he's now 72. You know, we just don't really have that data to know like, okay, did he live great from 42 to 72 and then like, bam, heart attack or something, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't know yet. So that's kind of where it's a little bit, a little bit mildly murky still, I guess. So. Yep. And it's going to open up a bunch of trade-off conversations down the road too. Right. You know, the data, depending on what the data shows us when we eventually have the data, no, no doubt about that. Let's talk about human improvement protein today. This is my everyday go-to protein powder. And boy, am I happy I have found this because I have tried a lot of protein powders over the years and they are not all created equal. In fact, the majority of protein powders that I have tried over the years have left me feeling heavy, bloated, weighed down, and gassy, but not human improvement protein. Human improvement is a better way to protein. It is a unique blend of sustainably sourced protein powder that is good for the planet and easy on your gut. Let's talk vanilla. I happen to be a vanilla guy. Only 12 ingredients in this deliciously balanced, flavored with smooth vanilla, creamy coconut milk, and a sprinkle of pink Himalayan salt. I use this. I, I listen, it's so good. I could just use water with it and shake it up, but I also use it for my smoothies where I put fruit, almond butter in there. I mix it in with my creatures of habit oatmeal in the morning. It is so good. 
Want chocolate? Yep, they got chocolate. Okay, 13 ingredients in the chocolate protein, delicious balance flavored, smooth cacao, the coconut milk again, still using that sprinkle of pink Himalayan salt. It is really, really good. Finally, a no bloat protein powder that is easy on my gut and tastes great. Go get yourself a couple of bags. Go on the subscription. You're going to build lean muscle. You're going to reduce the cravings boost mood and energy, support your gut health. It's easy to digest, improve recovery. I could go on, but you should just head on over to buyhigh.co. That's B-U-Y-H-I.co. Check out human improvement. It is a better way to protein. Use promo code MidlifeMail at checkout. You're going to save yourself 15%. I'm sending you there. Go there. Try it. What do the next few years look like? What are the goals? You know, what's the what's the outlook? Are you a planner? Like, do you plan ahead? You know, one year, three years, five years. You know, I know you use a uh, just, you just broke out your calendar and you showed me. You know, it's a hand. Sure. But do you like? Are you a, do you write down what your goals are? What's next on the agenda? What's left to be accomplished? Yeah. So, um, kind of like we were talking now. Now I'm really starting to shift into legacy thoughts. So, you know, very before I was definitely want kids someday. Uh, now I'm more open to it when in the right setting. So, you know, so that's kind of a, that'll be a big shift for me because I've lived a lot of years as a brave and I'm good at it and <laughs> being a chief's a little different job. So I don't know yet. Um, that'll be a big one. The other one that I'm really, um, I wrote a, I got a 70,000 word rough draft on this, uh, this book I wanted to put out called Fit Enough for Happiness. I wrote a proposal for it and stuff. I've kind of been running it by LA and New York and they don't, you know, they, they don't like the fit enough for happiness part of it, you know, so they kind of listening to that advice, you know, I changed the proposal. So now it's kind of got a different name and everything. And then ran that by, um, talked to publishers and whatnot, but it hasn't got that picked up. And then it kind of dawned on me recently, I need to sell something I'm fully believing in. You know, it's not for the money. I just think at 80 years old, it'd be cool to have a book on the shelf. So I want an actual published book on the shelf. And the Fit Enough for Happiness is this super, I, I like it a lot. Obviously, I wrote it, but I mean, it's it kind of works in my story with that very functional, happy, healthy fitness, you know, taking you mm-hmm. from that 40 pounds overweight to 20 pounds overweight, liking your body. Some people, beautiful is a little bit thick, more like the Atlanta beauty. Some people like the LA, which is like real fit. New York, starve yourself. I mean, like different regions have different beauty. Um, so kind of next next up on that is going back and rewriting my whole 50-page proposal, which it's <laughs> a lot of work, as you know, you wrote a book, uh, to change it back into something that I 100% believe in. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of tried to take the compromise of, okay, I 80% like this and some of it seems a little fluffy. Uh, but I need to get it 100% on board so I can kind of really go for that. And then even if that means accepting a smaller publisher or something, having a book that I'm proud of 100% mm-hmm. in print that I'm 80 and I can look at. So that's going to be a pretty big one for me. Um, the Like I said, I just figured out recently that the first step is going back through and flipping the proposal back to 100% me. <laughs> so um, it'll take a little work. Well, look, I think that's, uh, again, things come full circle. I think you get back to now, look, authenticity, what I'm proud of, what I want my legacy to be. I want it to yeah. be the book that I wanted to write the way I wanted to write it and put it out that way. Um, you know, I backed into mine quite right now, you know, in the manner that it was conversations with men like you and mm-hmm. 
a hundred plus weeks of of Sunday morning writing, which became the newsletter. And, and then it was, hey, maybe there's something here that yeah. can become something that can help people. Hmm? Right. I never thought of it as becoming an author or writing a book. He was a buddy of mine, actually, um, who's an independent publisher, self-publishing. He goes, you know, mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a minute now, like a hundred weeks. Like most people give up by now. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. You know, and now you have all these conversations with amazing men and then you go out every Sunday and you put your little spin on what you've learned from, uh-huh. from, from Jed, what you've learned from Bob, what you've learned from Thor. And then why don't we do something, you know, with, with this? It never occurred to me that I could actually be, be an author. I didn't sit down the way that, that you did to do it. And I ended up just going the self-publishing route, which is like, want a book? Okay, this is how you get a book out there. And I'm not going to wait for anybody to to say no or turn down my proposal or whatever it's going to, which I I had all that in the film industry 30 years ago, turned down every Mm -hmm. script, turned down everything. And I couldn't stand the waiting and the rejection. Sure. That's what I learned for me a long time ago was, okay, that's where I get into trouble. That's where life gets unhealthy for me, all the waiting, the downtime and the rejection. So just figure out how to keep keep moving forward. So I just bit the bullet and said, okay, I could self-publish this, you know, with somebody that I knew and trusted who would tell me if it sucked, you know, or if he really thought it sucked. But if he told me it sucked and I thought it was good and it was still the book I wanted to put out and write, now I could just say, I'm paying for it, you know, just like right. that. Like <laughs> totally. Montana. It's a good financial investment. I really want to do it. You know what I have? So I'm just doing it, you know, in in there. Um, but I do, I think it's a legacy piece, you know, in that regard too. And, and, and I love that you're doing it. And if it feels right, do it, do it exactly the way you want to. Right? No, no, I appreciate that. That's good. Cause it, you know, I did, it took a while of like, oh, I did what you wanted. And now you still don't want like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's hard, you know, and I think maybe that is something, maybe it's perfect, you know, for middle age that we maybe give a, a few less bucks what other people think, you know, or like, or we yeah. stop trying to please as much like, okay, I could do three or four iterations trying to please the unpleasable and I do, sure. or I could just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? If there's 1% of the 53 million middle-aged men that are out there that actually like what I'm doing, that's actually enough. It's more than I thought I was going to help. You know? Right, right. Totally. <laughs> like, you know, in in there too. So again, I think it's just a measure of, of what you think success really looks like. What do we want mm-hmm. our legacies to be? And I'm a big proponent of living our legacies while we're still here. Totally so like, agree. I want the book out while I'm alive, you know? Right, right. Like- I don't want people talking about when I'm when I'm gone. Like, so let's get it done. You know, <laughs> so if you could save me like a couple of years you know, right. of rejection, I'd rather it maybe again not be as good or as perfect or chase that. You know? mm-hmm. But again, like get it done. If I'm a little, you know, a little carrying a few extra percentage points of body fat, you know, and I'm happier, great. And it's done totally. versus like. I'm going to go hide out for 16 weeks to try to be freaking jacked and perfect before right. I go on vacation. Like that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. Absolutely you know? not. Absolutely not. And uh, yeah, totally. You agree. mentioned that word earlier too. You talked about fun. Um, what is fun for you now? And maybe like, how has it changed? Hmm? Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm pretty cognizant. That's one thing that being an ER doc does for me, you know, on a very regular basis, I see, indestructible people in their twenties die. I see, you know, tell people that thought they were pretty healthy in their early fifties, they have terminal cancer. You know, I'm very, very aware of how fragile life can be. Um, 
so living and fun and whatnot, there's kind of this big, there's this big, interesting, beautiful world we get kind of one shot as far as I know, at, you know, um, and you got to kind of realize that each chapter, you don't want to just keep on stacking chapters you hate to get to some, some goal somewhere. You know, if you're not having fun with the process, you need to really look at what you're doing and decide if it's what you should be doing. And that said, I completely agree with very, with short periods of suffering to get to goals you need to. You know, like Ranger School, for example, something I never want to do again. It was just something I knew I needed to do to kind of get to these next steps. But that was, you know, thankfully I went straight through. So it's 62 days. Um, that's very different than plugging through in a job for 20 years because you're going to get to retire four years early. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so kind of taking that, taking that time into consideration. And for me, fun is love my slow mornings. Uh, simple stuff, just going on walks. I have a walking trail right behind my house. It's a great time to just clear my head. Um, being around people I authentically want to be around. And it doesn't have to be something super fun. It can be a huge mix. Uh, I just got back from Panama City for one of my buddy's 50th birthday. You know, and that was a big trip, big beach house, like a lot of fun. But it's also fun just to have a friend you genuinely enjoy talking to. Like, I think I would enjoy having you in my backyard and just sipping whiskey and smoking a cigar. We can help you with recovery, give you a day off. You know what I mean? There's just those little things and just really realizing the beauty of those little things um, and being present in that moment uh, matters a lot. So, mm, so, so good. And I think uh, too often we start to, again, equate like fun or, or something with these, you know, either big milestone or we got to go on vacation, you know, like again, to, to have fun or we got to escape in some manner, or it has to be big, you know? Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that like, you know, I have it right in front of me. It's like, how do I have more days like this? Like that's what I call yeah. it on the, you Love know, the, like the simple days that you're, mm -hmm. you're not an escape from your real life. Right. It's your regular everyday life and you mm -hmm. like it. And it's fun, not rainbows and unicorns, you know, and, uh, you know, not it's perfect. But again, can you enjoy your cup of coffee? You know, can you find happiness and fun in your walk or your workout or taking your dogs out, you know, or, you know, in my case, you know, some of the stuff that my kids are doing and they're getting old and they're independent, you know, so it brings a little bit more you know, importance to it or just dinner at home. Like, I love the notion that like we can define fun which used to be for me, again, going out and either getting sure. you know, getting trashed or being in a different city or a different, it always had to be something bigger and bolder and, and seemingly mm -hmm. better, you know? Yeah. And after a while, the third sequel, you're like, this sucks now. The original movie is yeah. much better. <laughs> right. Or you're just, again, throwing money at the problem. You just keep trying mm -hmm. to top it. And you're just like, yeah. okay, that doesn't work, you know? Right. What's fun now is different. And I like the simplicity aspect of, of, of that there. Um, this has been great. This has been fun. You know? No, no, absolutely. Fun. Think, yeah, completely. The two, the two things that you can do to make your just everyday more fun is show up prepared and don't be in a hurry. You know, I didn't notice that with work and teaching and whatnot. There's, there's days that stuff comes up, whatever. I don't review the lectures before I teach them because I'm teaching stuff. I know, you know, I'm teaching medicine, which I know well, but those days that I took the little extra time to come in prepared and I reviewed the lecture beforehand. I've put a little thought on, is there a little like Bill Gates or Warren Buffett story I want to tell the students? Those days I show up to work prepared, then I have fun teaching instead of just teach. Uh, those days I go into an ER shift very well rested and kind of excited. I have fun at work versus 
I don't do it anymore because I'm an attending, but as a resident, you know, sometimes we all go out the night before and blah, 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 because you got a supervising doc above you. And then you just survive through your nine or 10 hour shift. But by going in rested and prepared, then I'm actually having fun, even in the mundane or the work or whatever. So um, huge difference. Those are excellent points right there. And those are areas in particular that like, now I'm going to cut out that personal segment and try to live by because those are areas that I really am continuously trying to get better on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do I, you know, preparation, consistency, accountability. I had a buddy of mine say to me, he's like, you don't have to get ready if you stay prepared. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. That's part of the turning pro concept that I'm working on, which is like, okay, if you have something to record and somebody's coming on to your point, like, did you get ready for class? You know, sure. you know what you want to talk in there? Do we allow some time, you know, in between conversations so that we're not rushing and frantic, you know, from one yeah, thing, totally. you know, totally. to the next back to your, you know, doing less better, you know, like mm-hmm. in there. Um, it's, it's really good stuff. And again, it's really, really hard. I think that's a significant <laughs> takeaway, which is more is not better. Like I said, like better is better. Mm-hmm. And it equates again to having more fun, more satisfaction. I think better results and greater, greater purpose, you know, like when mm-hmm. you are prepared and you're intentional and you moved a little slower, they're not Rangers, I guess that's it. I think it's a seal slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Yeah, yeah, kind of ubiquitous across the military. That's a, yep. that's a very Rangers common, probably like, have their own, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you guys are leading the way, right? <laughs> you're, you're always leading the way. That's the one right, right. Women in there too. But it it makes perfect sense and it's and it's so good. And it's really a, it's an awesome takeaway. So many really good takeaways here, Jed. How do people find you, you know, follow you, like stay up on, on what you're all about? Yeah, for sure. Um, social media is kind of a funny thing with, I recognize both the value and the unvalue in it. So it's something that um, what I've done to kind of navigate that is I'm on Instagram and it's just at Dr. Jed. Um, It's at Dr. Jed with an underscore behind it. But, uh, and that is something I'm on relatively frequently though. I do take a Sabbath. So generally speaking on Sunday, I'm not on it, but, um, and then I have a Facebook account, but it's, I feel like a dick sometimes because it'll be someone I knew well and I didn't see a message for like two months. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not ghosting you, bro. Uh, and those are really the only two I have. So uh, I'm not on, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, or any of that stuff. So um, Instagram would be the best, definitely the best way to get me. There it is. I appreciate this so much, man. It's been great to finally uh, get a chance to chat with you in detail, learn more about you, see you face to face on here. Uh, so thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Greg. If we're ever in the same area, we'll link up in person. Absolutely. I'm already a little scared of what the next day looks like if it's whiskey and cigars in the backyard. Okay. (laughs) But but if I'm there, hey, I'm game. You know, sure. As good (laughs) once as you'll ever be. (laughs) We'll work out before, then we'll do that. Then I can get out of there after. Deal. Deal. (laughs) Relatively unscathed. Hey, guys, if you like what you have heard on the Midlife Mail podcast, please five-star rating, leave us a positive review, keep the midlife mail movement growing. If you have questions, you got recommendations, you got guys you want to hear on the show, anything at all, hit me up, greg at midlifemail.com. I am not hard to find. And until next week, I am out of here. Jed, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. Thanks a lot. Seriously, fun. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the Work With Me page to explore options.
PBS presents a new series hosted by Henry Louis Gates Jr. Gospel. Gospel is our heart's cry to God in lyrics and song. Gospel. Streaming now on the PBS app. A Kia SUV is capable of taking you far. But when you use it locally to help your community, you go even further. Whether that's carrying cargo, bringing your team with you, ready, or navigating new terrain. Power up your capability with the right Kia SUV. Do more with the Kia Sportage, Kia Telluride, Kia Sorento, or Kia Seltos. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely.